Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Hallelujah. Well, let's just pray and then we'll, we'll go to the Word. Amen. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your Word. And it says, Lord, that... Um, We should not count our lives dear to ourselves so that we can go on and run our races with joy. And so, Father God, this morning we choose joy. We choose to rejoice in all of the great things, in all of your blessings, in all of your promises, Father God. And so, Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your word also in Revelations that says that, behold, I am coming quickly and hold fast to what you have. Hold fast to the victor's crown. Hold fast to the crown. Hold fast to the crown of life. And Father God, we know that you have written, those that believe in you, you've written their names in the Lamb's book of life. Now write your names upon our hearts, Father God, that your name is imprinted on us too, Father God, for this journey here on earth. And so, Father God, we thank you, Lord, that whatever trial, whatever tribulation, whatever persecution, Father God, we may be, we may be, we, 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 they may, the devil might try and crush us and strike us down and destroy us, but we will rise up, Father God. And so we thank you, Father God, for the power to rise again, for the power to rise up, Father. When we're feeling tired, when we're feeling exhausted, when we're feeling weary, you give us the power to rise up again. And so, Lord, we're thankful for, for your spirit in this place this morning, for your word. And we thank you, Lord, that it encourages everyone here today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I think that's one of the most important uh, words in the Bible, and we find it all over the Bible, is arise. And we tend to just go over the word arise and go to the next bit. But actually, many times the very first word is arise. And it's like, I need you to arise, to do something. So that's been a, a... that's been re-revealing itself to me recently. So praise God. Um, today, I want to start to talk on, um, maybe for a few weeks, just about victory. About, about, about victory in, in, in some aspects of uh, victory, um, how, how to walk in it, how, uh, how, how is it that we find it so elusive through life, um, you know, we can count our, we can, we've got no problem counting our failures out on, you know, but sometimes counting our victories out is a little bit more difficult to do, you know, and so we want, and God is a God of victory. God's a God of victory. So I should, I should hopefully be able to have far more victories notched up than failures, but failure is part of the shaping process. So we know that that's okay. And as I prayed earlier on, God's the God of the first and the last. The Alpha and Omega, the word says, the beginning and the end. He's the Genesis and the revelation. And the very first hour of all time, well, it's just timeless, but the first hour and the last hour belong to him, even in our lives. Creation belongs to him. And so does the new heaven and the new earth that is coming in the future belong to him, the new Jerusalem. And I don't know about you, you guys, but I've needed him 
I've needed God, and I've cried out to him in the early hours or the first hour. And I've also needed him in the sixth hour, and I've needed him in the, the eighth hour and the tenth hour. And sometimes I've needed him at the eleventh hour, and I've cried out to God, and, and it would seem as if he hasn't heard me. There's been no response, but he's still God, even then. Amen? And whether he moves in the first hour, whether he acts in the first hour or the 11th hour, or even at the 11th hour in the 59th minute and the 59th second, he's still God and his timing's going to be perfect whenever it happens. Amen? And many times, I've just totally missed it anyway. Uh, you know, God has responded, has responded, but I've only discovered much, much later that he's orchestrated events behind the scenes which I didn't even know he was busy doing, which indirectly have been to my advantage. And I won't always see what God is doing. We sing that song, Waymaker, even though we don't see him, he's working. So we sometimes cry out and say, look at the time. Lord, look at how short the time is. He says, I know what time it is. <laughs> I invented time. <laughs> you know, I came up with it. You know, everything, it's, it's his. Yeah. Um, but we get, we get um, insecure. But God's a deliverer. Amen. And he is a great deliverer. He provides a way of escape from any and every danger. You name it. Every, anything that's, that's perilous, any threat Every uncertainty, he's a deliverer. He has the answers. And how much, I mean, you go through life with a lot of uncertainty, don't you? You know, I mean, we all go through life with, with huge amounts of uncertainty, uncertain about future events, uncertain about the present, uncertain about what's going to come our way in two minutes' time. But he's a deliverer. So no matter what comes, he makes a way of deliverance from it, okay? If it's anything has been sent to harm you, he makes a way of deliverance for it. And people everywhere today, I believe, they're looking for escape routes from the mundane and the ordinary things of life. Has anyone been there in the mundane and the ordinary? <laughs> life, you know, it's like there's nothing exciting ever happens to me. You know, life is totally devoid of anything exciting. It's devoid of joy and happiness, you know. You know it feels like you're on the hamster wheel, you know, or, or you're in the fishbowl. <laughs> Thank God fish have got short memories. You know, you're in the fishbowl of life. The problem is, you know, when we're, in, when we're in that phase of life, if that is what life is, many people are looking for an escape route. They go down paths that can lead to addictions and bondage, amen? And people are looking to escape from life's many dead ends. You know, I've, we found out that life has got a lot of dead ends. Yeah, unfortunately, you don't know it's a dead end until you get to the dead end. You know, if you knew it was a dead end right at the beginning, you might not have gone down there. They didn't put a cul-de-sac sign up, you know? It's like, shall we try this one, sweetheart? Yeah, let's go. Oh, hang on. One year later or 10 years later, that was a dead end, you know? But there's no dead ends to living in Jesus Christ. There are no dead ends there. In fact, death just makes way for a new thing. 
Amen? Death will have no victories, word says, and neither will it sting us. Amen? Because we don't have to die in sin and unbelief. And Jesus had the, had the measure of death. Amen? I want to read this in, in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 54 to you in the Amplified Version. It says, when this perishable puts on the imperishable and this mortal puts on immortality, then the scripture will be fulfilled that says, death is swallowed up in victory. The Amplified Bible says it's, death is vanquished forever. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin by which it brings death is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory as conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So I'm thankful. I know that the victory has already been won. It's already been won. And we've already been delivered. He continues to deliver, but we've already been delivered from, the, from death and its sting. But life can still take on a foreboding image in front of us, can't it? You know, it can, the visage of life can look like a storm, heavy, gray, um, foreboding, thunderous, um, uh, a threatening atmosphere, a gloomy, a gloomy atmosphere, and you just sense that sometimes with what's going on around us at any moment, something could violently disturb the peace that we know, the relative peace that we know at any moment in time, you know? But I believe that one of the traits of the church heading into the future will be peace, perfect peace, and, and I think that is going to be one of the, I believe that'll be one of the biggest evidences to, the, to anyone who does not believe that Jesus is for real. God is for real. Because, you know, everyone's hearts will be failing them for, for fear and you will have peace. You will have perfect peace. And so I believe that'll be a trait of the church. And, you know, th there is opposition. Life storms, challenges, all of that, you know, it's all there. But that opposition just provides us with opportunity as the church, as individuals, amen? And um, we can react to different in different ways. We can, either, we can either pray or we can panic, or we can panic pray. <laughs> I suggest pray. Just, just uh, pray without ceasing. Pray without giving up. And to make prayer something that we do every day. And, and we did, I think we did a series a while back. And because sometimes we just pray rote prayers before a meal or the beginning of the day. Lord, bless me and my four. And, you know, that, but we do pray those prayers. But I believe we're going into a new dimension of prayer. The church has to do that. And so we can panic or we can pray. But God has an escape in mind for us. And the escape that he has in mind is to break us out of controlling life situations. There's so many, thank you, there's so many controlling life situations. And he wants to break us out of that. He wants to break us free. Has anyone been in solitary confinement? I hope not to see any hands. Oh, you've been in solitary confinement. <laughs> 
But that's brilliant, Gail, because that's what life was like. It's like solitary confinement. Well, he wants to set us free from solitary confinement and the things that, have, that bind it. What is it like being in solitary confinement? You feel totally bound up and unable to, to move, don't you? And so, you know, and the circumstances of that can be mental, physical, or spiritual. But nowadays, it's usually a combination of all of them. It can be all three you know what I'm saying? You can have all of these things dealing with them at one time, and we have to believe that God is our deliverer. Yes. Amen? And before we go on, and just in case any, any of us didn't know whether we're sitting here today or whether we're on the live stream today, we're going to experience the unexpected in life. And not only are we going to experience the unexpected in life, but we're also going to experience the inevitable in life. Some things are just inevitable. Sure, we could all name one, but some things are inevitable. Amen? And we say things like, I know I have, oh, I didn't see that coming. You know, I didn't see that coming. Um, I don't, I didn't deserve that. Or the, the one that I say more often than not, this is the last thing I need right now. You know, this is the last thing I need right now. I've got enough going on. And I want to I share a little testimony about a day when both of the, these things happened to me, the unexpected and the inevitable, <laughs> on the same day. <laughs> so it's just, a wee, uh, it's just a wee personal thing. I think I've had one or two wee stories before about my childhood, but I was a young, a young boy with an older friend, he was just a neighbor just down the street, and uh, we did everything together. We fished, we hunted, we, we, just, we were just boys, you know. And so we, we were going to go to the, to the dam for the weekend to fish. So um, Philip's dad hooked up the, the pop-up caravan to the back of the, of the, of the Chevy and uh, all the stuff in the caravan. And we went to this dam outside of town, about 15 kilometers or so. Big, a big dam, big lake, dam, lake thing. And so we're there, and uh, we got our rod set up and everything, and we had our canoe, and we would, we would paddle out in our canoe to bait out in the water, and then we would take our lines far out and drop them where we baited, you see, because where do you find the big fish? In the, in the, they, they go deep, the big, the big fish. So we were, fishing for, we were fishing for the big fish. You know, some of these big fish could have pulled me into the water. I was just a stick. But we were fishing for the big fish. And um, if I could be biblical about it, there arose a mighty tempest. And, um, we're, and, and, and so the pop-up caravan is up. And if any of you, you know what those are, it's like a fiberglass thing with canvas sides and a fiberglass top and a big awning. And it's quite a big pop-up caravan. I think it was a six-berth or something like that. And um, Philip had left the shore to go to the other side. He, he had. He was in the canoe, and he had paddled over to the other side of the, of the, of the dam. And um, so, and, and South Africa is famous for very violent thunderstorms. Very, very violent. 
And I could just, you know, the, the smell of the atmosphere changes. And I'm like, there's a storm. There's a storm brewing here. And it was already the clouds rolling so quickly, you know. And so the clouds rolled in and the wind started to get up. And I was looking out for Philip in his orange canoe. It had an orange top. I thought, gee. And the, the, the caravan started to billow, you know. <laughs> I thought, oh boy, what am I going to do? You know, it was starting to rock and everything. And I was starting to panic. I was actually, I was downright scared. It was, well, this was going to be a bad storm. And I looked out and the, the dam, the, the, the chop had got up so high that I couldn't see Philip. And he was on the water somewhere. I couldn't see the canoe. So that must, the, the little waves must have been higher than him. And I thought, what am I going to do? By this time, the wind wanted to virtually carry the caravan away, all right? So I thought, okay, instead of resisting the wind, what if I unzip the awning and let the wind go through the caravan? So in a way, I was like, I wonder if I can accommodate this storm <laughs> inside the caravan. So I unzipped the, the awning at the front of the caravan, and the next minute, the whole caravan and the awning lifted off and started to move backwards like this until eventually the caravan rolled over. And by this time, I was, I was crying with panic because of what happened. And I said, no, no, it'll be okay, big mistake. So the unexpected was, you know, we, we had gone out there, did what we needed to do. Um, you could say maybe the unexpected thing was that I did something so stupid as to open up the awning, but the inevitable was that the caravan was going to get carried away. So my theory of the wind going th straight through like a tunnel was useless. It just it served to make it a giant kite, and off it went. And so I, le I learned then that sometimes, you know, you can't accommodate the storm. You know, there's things you've got, to, you've got to prepare for the storm. You've got to, they say, batten down the hatches. You've got to resist the storm. You know, you've got to make sure that your pegs are properly pegged. You've got to make sure that that thing is fast, fast, fast. And as long as we live, you know, crisis is never too far away. That was a big crisis that day. When Philip's dad came in the car later on, he, it was just carnage. And he just got out of the car and he just looked at us. You can imagine it. He just looked at us and, and shook his head. <laughs> Everything was completely wrecked. And so, um, and we got no big fish. And so, but you know, the potential, crisis is always, is always close by and the potential for pain and for, for painful experiences are always near. And it was very refreshing to hear Pastor Theo's message last week, which just showed us that life's challenges are not, do not discriminate they do not discriminate, and we can and will face tough situations, no matter how strong we are, no matter how anointed we are, no matter how prayerful we are, whether you're a believer or unbeliever, situations come, tough situations come. But God has a way that helps us to understand and handle life's difficulties, amen? And he can help us to, be, to prepare for the unexpected and the inevitable, so that we can make it through with his help. 
So we know that's going to come, but what's going to happen when it comes? And there's so many people ask this question, you know, one day, when is this all going to come to an end? When, is all, when are all the troubles going to end? When is, when, you know, it's like that old cliche, what do you, you know, your, uh, some pageant, you know, what do you want? World peace. You know, wh- when is all the trouble going to come to an end? And so I've wondered that as well. Well, the answer is there will be a time when the troubles come to an end. There will be an end to the storms of this life. And it's going to be the day that we're in glory. Yes. That, that is the day when there, when, there, when there will be. But meantime, down here, the word says, and it's always true, you will have tribulation. So be of good cheer. So you, we know that. So we're going to have tribulation. But there's, there's a great chapter in Isaiah about the heritage of the servants of the Lord. So praise the Lord. If, if you're here today, I believe you're a servant of the Lord. Amen. And I want to explain that a heritage is something that is handed down from those who went before us. That's what a heritage is. Amen. And in a kingdom sense, we have a birthright to an inheritance because of our adoption into the family of God. Amen. We have, that's our birthright. Yeah. We used to sing a song, Abraham's blessings are mine. You know, so we have this birthright. And here's, here's the scripture I'm talking about. It says in Isaiah 54, verse 10, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, and your caravan blows away into the distance, yet my unfailing, that's not in God's word, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Afflicted city, lashed by storms, and not comforted, I will rebuild you with stones of turquoise, your foundations with lapis lazuli. I will make your battlements of rubies, your gates of sparkling jewels, and all your walls of precious stones. All your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace. Now that's a heritage, that's an inheritance. All of your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace. In righteousness you'll be established. Listen to this one. Tyranny will be far from you, and you will have nothing to fear. Terror will be far removed. It will not come near you. If anyone does attack you, it won't be my doing, but whoever attacks you will surrender to you. Amen? How's that for a passage concerning our heritage? That is ours. Amen? And sometimes we are people that are conditioned to think about life like the old adage, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Well, I was thinking about this, and I came up with one scenario where there's not. And that is if it's dark outside at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) Okay. And that's why I believe God is not waiting for us at the end of the tunnel. He's walking with us in the middle of the tunnel. We, oh, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Well, you can wait for it, my friend. You can wait for the light at the end of the tunnel. But I need help now. I need help in the middle of this. I need help in the middle of this. 
You know, you might get to the end of that tunnel and it'll be dark outside because it's dark out there. Amen. Hallelujah. And we don't like to be bothered in the middle of things. I want to be. You know, it's like when I, you know, what you up to? Can you not see him in the middle of doing something? <laughs> you know, we, we can, sometimes we're in the middle of something, the middle of life, and we, we just, you know, head down, shoulder to the wheel. And God's like, I want to be here in the middle of this with you. Amen. The middle of what? The middle of exams, the middle of a pregnancy, the middle of starting a new business or starting something new, the middle of an illness, the middle of a depression, or even in the middle of doing God's will, he wants to be with you. And that's a surprising one. You can be in the middle of doing God's will and, and God is not, you know, we haven't let him in to help us. Amen. You can be in the middle of planting a church, in the middle of being on a mission, in the middle of being a believer during COVID-19. God wants to meet us in the middle and help us and deliver us. Amen. Every challenge and every battle, every storm that we face is asking a question of us. How you, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do with me? How are you going to handle this challenge? What are you going to do? Let's see how you react now that I'm here. And I believe we can react to challenges and storms and tests in a couple of different ways. You can, we can either be at the mercy of the storm, okay? The storm is the dominant force and you are just helpless against it. It'll take you wherever it wants to take you. Eventually it will crush you, amen? Or you can confront the storm, Essentially, understanding that there are steps that we can take to deal with the storm and we can come out of the other side successfully and victoriously, amen? Yes. So there are, there are steps and what I want to do in a week, maybe in a week, week or two, is look at the steps, amen? You know, we wouldn't be the first and we won't be the last people on this earth that God has used storms to shape us, you know? Or... They're a setup to get us to a different destination. Amen. And I love one of the great parables of the, the tale of two builders in Matthew 7, verse 24. So everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them, two words to underline, hears and acts, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell, the floods and the torrents came and the winds blew and slammed slammed against that house, yet it didn't fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish, the Amplified says, be like a stupid man who built his house on this sand. And the, the same thing happened to that house. The rain came, the floods came, the torrents came, the wind came and slammed against that house and it fell and great and complete was its fall. The same forces acted against both buildings, but one reacted differently to the other one. And I know we've probably all, I know there's people here that have heard a message like this a gazillion times, <laughs> but I never tire of this. I don't get tired of hearing it. And the other one that we know well is when Jesus, on, in Mark 4, 35, Jesus stills the sea. 
And he says to the, to the disciples, let's go over to the other side. So leaving the crowd, they took him with them just as he was in the boat and other boats were there. And a fierce windstorm began to blow and waves were breaking over the boat. We know the story. Jesus was sleeping. And they woke him up and says, don't you care that we're about to die? And Jesus got up and I like the Amplified, it puts there sternly rebuked the wind, sternly, um, which shows as well that we can, that, that there's, um, we have to adopt a certain attitude when we are rebuking. Um, we were talking about this at prayer the other night with Alex, we were talking about spe specifics, rebuking and taking authority, the authority that's been given to us and there's a way, not in a gentle, sometimes we, there's no time for gentleness. Sometimes, there's, sometimes it, is, it is war. And he says, peace be still, and the wind died down as if it had grown weary. I love that. The storm died down as if the storm got tired. The storm's going to get tired before you are in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Let it run. I wish that storm had run out of puff before the caravan had gone, but it didn't. It was relentless. And he says, why are you afraid? You still have no faith and confidence in me. They were filled with great fear and said to one another, who is this that even the waves and the wind obey him? And we can take note of a few things here in general speak. It's the time of the day. It's the end of the day. It's the evening. The work is done. Generally speaking, in those times, people didn't go home to watch Bake Off on TV. You know, they went home. They were hard workers. They went home to rest, spend time with their family, eat and sleep. Okay? There was no serious mechanization or technology in those days. They labored diligently. And there's a message here that Jesus is saying, you know what, despite all of this, you've just, you know, it's the end of the day. I want you to do something for me. Take me to the other side. They're thinking it's time to rest now. And Jesus had also, he, if you read there in Mark 4, he had just been teaching as well. So he was also tired and exhausted, which is probably why he got in the boat and fell asleep. He's like, I'm, I'm going to sleep. I'm tired too. He was human. I'm tired too. I'm going to sleep. And so he goes to sleep after giving them instructions. They're tired too. And I th I've thought that sometimes in my life. You know, Lord, why are you asking me to do this now? I've done my shift. I've, done, I've done, completed that assignment. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. In fact, you know what? And I've been, uh, there was a certain time not too long ago where I was, and you can hopefully you, you identify with this. I'm like, I'm done. With, I'm done. I've done this for four years and now I'm done. You know, it was like, I'm, give, I'm giving up now. And so, uh, I'm, I better qualify that in case you think it's... <laughs> <laughs> but it was really when we, were, when we were studying, when we were doing Bible school. You know, I was, I was at the end of it, I was just exhausted. I was just like, I've done, I've done all this work now. You know? And... I'm like, surely, Lord, you don't expect me to go on and do something straight away. Well, it's very probable 
that that'll be exactly the time when God says, well, you're time to move on to doing something else. You know, time to move on to doing something else. Like Caleb was 85 years old when he said, give me this mountain. I'm, I'm well able to take it. He was 85. So there's hope for us all, isn't there? Amen. In Joshua 14, we think, sometimes we think we've accomplished much. I've weathered the storms. I've been through all this. I'm 52. Man, you know, I, you know I've been through stuff. No, no, that's, no, that's not in God's, God's plans. He's like, I'm just getting ready to give you another assignment, and there'll be more storms that will come through this. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast and immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, always doing your best and doing more than is needed, being continually aware that your labor, even to the point of exhaustion in the Lord, is never futile or wasted time. It's never without purpose. What, a, what an awesome encouragement. Even though your labor brings you to the point of exhaustion, it's never wasted. When we have to endure the, the tough times and the storms and the, the challenges, it's, it's, it's never been done in vain. Amen? And I think we're getting the picture here that God has an expectation of us to be diligent and to work hard and not without reason because there's wisdom associated with that. In Proverbs 22, do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings and not before ordinary men. Uh, you know, Jesus always, he preached about work ethic, diligence, working. Amen? And he was a great example himself because he says in John 9, 4, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night's coming when no one can work. And as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And that was a great statement. And it's helping me to understand that there's always one overarching mission and purpose for the life of a Christian. And that is to reflect his light as long as we are here. And that's what he says, as long as I am in the world, so I'm, here I am, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Amen? You know, in spite of what comes against us, God's will is for us to do well in life. And to let that bring glory and honor back to him. Our thanksgiving for his deliverance, for, for him being in the middle of things with us, walking, helping us through things, all has to result in us giving thanks back to him again. Amen? And so we've got to give him all the glory. After all, it's him that's given us the power. It's him that gives us the power to create wealth. It's him that gives us the power to overcome. Amen? And sometimes we are, on the, we are at the 11th hour 59th minute, 59th second, and there's nothing on the horizon yet, and we've been buffeted around by the storm. Amen? But he says that he will show forth his goodness to us. It will come, his goodness will come to pass. Amen? I, I, you know, a day in our time is not as a day in the Lord's time. That's the thing. It's, we don't, you know, we work everything on chronological time. We naturally go to chronological time, but God's thinking about eternity time. Amen? And so 
You know, other times we can be doing good. Thank God for the good times where there is momentum, there's nothing missing, nothing broken. You're experiencing shalom. Everything, everything we touch seems to turn to gold. <laughs> you go through times like that. But adversity is always lurking, just out of sight. Amen? And so we then sometimes have to, these questions and to seek why the adversities come like, like Pastor Theo. Well, how could it happen to someone like him. How could that happen? And over the, the course of the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at some steps to understanding troubled times, storms, and to know the biblical perspective on what it says we should do when these things come, when these times come. And also to appreciate that there's different types of storm or challenge that come our way and to understand that. Um, so praise God for that. That's what we're going to look at. Hallelujah. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.